Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 147. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and we are wrapping up the end of a five-part series with Alyssa on writing, launching, and marketing your first book. Alyssa released her book last November and learned a lot in the process. Writing books a big deal, right? Oh, it takes a lot of time and energy, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's been kind of fun to have episodic content uh, on the podcast, like where we dive into a deep area in a series. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of fun and I've, I've enjoyed getting to go deep in a topic. I like hearing people's stories and just kind of sharing those on the podcast, but if you guys have any ideas on series that you would like to hear on the podcast, like a side hustle series, hint, hint, what's coming up soon, <laughs> or just other topics that, you know, be cool, that it would be fun to dive into, uh, shoot me an email and let me know, Heath at Campground Booking. I love hearing from you guys, hearing ideas and topics for the podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What are we going to talk about in the last series episode we are going over five strategies for launching your book which actually i think would probably apply to launching any product but yeah and we're we, specifically talking about a book we've talked about a couple different things uh throughout the course of the series on launching your book but these mm-hmm. are like the five things that if you do nothing else you should do these five things <laughs> yeah ideally yeah all right what's the first one First one is create a launch team. So your launch team should be like your mega fans. These are like the people that reply to all your emails, comment on all your blogs, people that maybe have bought other products from you if you do have other products. Um, These should not be family and friends. A lot of people make the mistake of asking family and friends to help promote their, their book or their product. This is a bad idea for a couple of reasons. One, they probably have no interest in whatever your topic is, right? Like, my mom isn't going to be super excited about a book on how to RV because she's not going to live in an RV. But people who follow my blog, like, they love talking about that. Also, Amazon can see somehow, I have no idea how, I've tried to Google this, figure it out, don't know how, they know who your friends are. And Amazon they, knows everything they about They know you. who your family is. So I've had friends write reviews for my book. They get taken down because Amazon can tell. And, you know, it gives off that kind of scammy vibe, right? Like, oh, that's just her best friend that she had write a review. We actually actually found, like, the closer people were to us, meaning, like, we talked to them more and things of that nature, Mm -hmm. the more likely Amazon was to take down these reviews. Yeah. Uh, So we had Kevin and Mandy Holish who were in the book. I think we talked about Kevin yeah, and Mandy in the, in the book. book and they're close friends of ours and they they took cool photos and they posted these nice reviews and mm-hmm. Amazon wouldn't let either of them go in. Yep, so took them both down. That's other other reasons why other than the fact that your friends and family may not care about your book topic. Yes. So <laughs> don't don't waste time asking your friends and family to be on your launch team. Ask those mega fans, people that are that are following you. So I asked 70 people. I got 50 replies back. And so those were my launch team people. And the purpose of a launch team is basically to to clone your efforts and to make it so much easier for you to promote your book because you got 50 other people that are going to promote it for you. And these were people that I... I, correct me if I'm wrong, had actually read the free book right. that you had initially sent out and specifically sent you an email about the book saying they liked it or something to that extent. Right. So I kept a list whenever 
we talked I think we talked about this in one of the other episodes. I kept a list of people who replied whenever I sent out a free draft of my book a few months earlier. So I put them all in a folder and then I put all their names in a spreadsheet. I emailed them all individually, one on one, 70 emails. <laughs> I cannot emphasize this enough. 70 emails, got 50 replies and those people became became my launch team and so whenever I did email them I was like hey like as you probably know like I'm releasing this book on this is what it's about and I I really want to have you be a part of the launch or I could really use your help with it like are you interested and I can give you give you more details yeah so like go through specifics for what we actually did with the launch team so we gave them a lot of swipe copy what else did we do so I emailed them about six times over the course of three weeks and kind of just gave them instructions for what I needed from them and and what I wanted them to do and I did put in there for some things like this is optional or like if you want to go above and beyond because you don't want to feel like you're you're asking too much right right so I asked everyone to leave a review and then I asked everyone to then share links to the book on their own social channels so a lot of the people that I asked had their own blogs so I asked if they would write a blog review or add it to their resources page um, share just share it anywhere that you know they had a, a had a following so that then instead of me sharing the book on like my Facebook and my Twitter and our Facebook page, I was getting it shared on 50 times that. And so that was kind of the biggest thing was just getting those links out there. And one thing I also mentioned is that if they did have a blog, use your Amazon affiliate link, because then I'm not just asking them to promote something, you know, blindly. It's, oh, I can actually make money in return for this. And because we're asking a good bit of them during the launch, uh, one thing that was super helpful anytime you're building a launch team, whether it's for a book or a product, I found, you know, giving them swipe copy. And by that, basically Mm -hmm. writing down what we do when we create swipe copy, whether it's been for clients or for our own product launches, has been, here's a summary of what the product's about. But then we think of, okay, where are the places that they may actually want to share this? Okay, here's swipe copy that if you're sending an email out, here's another example of what you could send out swipe copy in an email. Mm-hmm. Here's a Facebook uh, post. Here's, here's a tweet. A, here's a tweet, yeah. Uh, all these and different things. And then images as, as well, right? Yeah, so square images for Instagram or for Facebook, all these different things that they may need asset-wise. It just makes the process so much easier because you're already asking a lot of this person. And it, and it makes it easier for them to actually do the favor, right? Because you're like literally copy and paste this, use this photo, yeah. bada bing, bada boom. Add makes your, it a lot Add easier. your affiliate link in there. Yeah. All right. Launch team is incredibly helpful. It helps kind of establish that initial uh, range of reviews on Amazon, helps get the word out there past yourself. What's the next thing on the list? You need to get reviews from influencers. This is not reviews like we just talked about, like someone buys your book and they leave a review. This is, there's a section on every Amazon book page that says editorial review. So if you're like a big published book, you're going to have like the New York Times or different magazines and stuff like that that write reviews for your book. If you're a blogger like me, you're going to get other bloggers and influencers in your space to read the book before it's out and write what is called an influencer review or Amazon calls it editorial review. I think this is probably the most awkward part of any book launch or anything (laughs) like that because you're basically reaching out to a lot of people who are your peers or your friends Mm -hmm. and you're asking and hopefully they are like you have some type of association with this person. Yeah, don't ask a stranger. Well, I say you say that, but then there's also you can a lot of people when they're launching traditionally published books, like when we worked with clients who have been going that route, mm-hmm. they di- they do ask random people that are just like the cream of the crop because if they get that endorsement, 
you know, it's huge. It's huge. So I wouldn't say don't like shoot for the stars. If you're writing a business <laughs> book and you can get endorsement from somebody like Tony Shea, by all means, go for it because it's going to make a big impact. So whenever you write your next book, that's what we're doing, right? You're yeah. going to email Tony. Yeah, I'll email Tony. John knows him. So <laughs> there we go. Six degrees of connection. Yeah. So. Yes, this is a very awkward part because you're essentially sending your book before it's done, by the way, because you want to do this a few weeks before launch. You're sending an an unfinished draft of your book to this influencer saying, hey, will you read this and will you please write something nice about it, right? Because when you're asking specifically for a review like this, like you want it to be positive. You want it to be glowing because this is going to be the social proof on your Amazon page so that when people come to your page and they don't know you, they can say, oh, so-and-so loved this book and I've heard of them. Or, you know, this this person, like escapees, like, okay, that's a really well-known company. If they endorse this book, then I trust trust that review. Yeah. If you're not in the RV space, escapees is a big organization slash company in the RV space. Yeah, they're there, great. There, there are people who listen to this podcast who are like, I'm never living in an RV, but it's fun to listen <laughs> to these people who do live in an RV. So, so Yes. Getting those influencer reviews, getting that social proof, mostly because it makes your your sales page more more persuasive, more more, legit, com- more yeah. convincing. Because if somebody doesn't know who you are, they may know who one of these other people are. And they're right. like, oh, this person said this was a good book. And I think even if you don't know who any of those people are, just seeing that there were influencer oh, reviews okay. and and seeing, you know, here's the person's name, and then I put their their website or their brand name afterward. It's like, oh, okay, like. These are other big, awesome people and that you, I should probably be following. And if you don't have any friends, you can just make all these names and companies up, and that will never come back to haunt you. Oh, actually, funny story about that. We met a guy once when we were doing um, Hourly America. We are really in the, the documentary film industry. And this guy gave us his business card, oh, and it, it yeah. has the little, you know, like the award icons, like the leaves yeah. that you see for, like, Academy Award, whatever. And if you read the fine print, it was like, my mom thought it was cool. And it was like, got 10 likes on Facebook. And he had just made these badges and put them on his business cards because he's like, no one ever reads them. But if you just look at it, it makes me like look more legit, right? Totally. I don't, uh, who knows? It was hilarious. Who knows if that ever came back to bite him? But it uh, was a funny idea. <laughs> what is the third thing that you need to do as part of your book launch? Um, okay, still talking about getting that social proof. Leveraging big brands. So 10 days before my book launch, when I was kind of a stressful mess, we did a film shoot with Camping World. So they came out to our RV. We were in Tennessee and we spent two or three days running around filming different things with them. And in between scenes, I was on my laptop writing on the book and editing and and going through it all. And it became this really organic way to talk with Mike of Camping World about my book because hello, RV industry, camping world. If if you live in an RV, you know what camping world is. For better or worse, yeah. For better or worse. And so it was a great opportunity to naturally talk to him and be like, hey, yeah, I'm writing this book. It's all about RV life. And he was like, well, send me a copy and and let me see like what I can do to help promote it, Um, which was amazing. And they ended up sharing a link on Facebook along with one of those social images that we created. And I don't know because I never asked like how many clicks are that? get how many impressions mm-hmm. then came to my Amazon page, but it got a lot of shares, got a lot of comments and got so many more eyes on the book that were totally outside of our audience. Cause yeah. Camping World has such a big audience compared to what we have. And so it was a great way to get more eyes on the book, get more sales of the book. I think it's also going where maybe there's they're getting less type of request 
than that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of influencers are always getting hit up, and so are companies for various things. Like if you're Winnebago, people I know we talk to them all the time, so they get like ten requests a day of people wanting a free RV. So yeah. it's like you're dime a dozen, you're gonna fall through the cracks. But if you've actually mentioned a company, like our friend Heather wrote a book on taxes, how to handle taxes for RV entrepreneurs. And so if she mentioned something like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or something like that, like why not reach out to one of these companies when you're launching your book and just say, hey, I wrote about you in a really good way. You know, I'm praising your product. It's really cool. I use it. Would you give me a share on Facebook and and hand them over some of that swipe copy? And if they like what you said, maybe shoot them a quote of the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. So these are all just extra things that you can do on top of it, especially if this company already has an audience on on social media. It's a good way to get it out there because like you're basically giving them a compliment and something nice and you're just asking for a share or something. And I think the smaller the ask, like the easier, right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't, I don't, I don't think we even specifically said like, will you share this on Facebook or with your email list or however. Yeah. We just were like, yeah, any way that you, you want to be there. able to promote it, we'd, we'd be really grateful. So, All right. Number four. Number four, guest blogs and interviews. I know they're two different things, but I kind of clump them together because either way, it's getting your, your story and your writing or your voice out there in someone else's audience. I feel like that's kind of the theme of these things is like, get yourself in front of new audiences, people that haven't heard of you yet. Yeah, and we didn't actually do this all that well for your book launch as much as we've done uh, for other clients. So I, well, work- I think when you're when you're writing a book, like when you're done, you're you're done writing. Like you can't write another word. So guest logs are really hard. I did more interviews than I did yeah. guest blogs because interviews are so much easier. Yeah. So we did this for the first time a few years ago with my friend Jaw, who's like a friend mentor slash client, and he wrote a book called Rejection Proof. I've ta- I feel like I've talked about Jaw several times on the podcast. I'm sure I have. And his book was really applicable for business people, for salespeople. It was all about rejection. And so what we did was he wanted to do a big podcast series. He didn't really like writing all that much, ironically, mm-hmm. but he was totally down to well, jump. Well, English was his second language. Yeah. So, so he that was, makes sense. He was totally down to jump on podcasts and do tons of interviews. So what we did was we we got in iTunes and we looked at all podcasts in the verticals that might be relevant to his book. We looked at leadership, at business, at sales, all these different things, real estate, uh, talking with girls. He was on like the Art of Charm podcast. So it was like, <laughs> uh, I think that's what that podcast is about. It's been a while. Point being, like we listed all the podcasts who had more than 200 reviews because we figured they had a good base of viewership. Mm-hmm. And then we reached out to all of them. But we didn't just like corny reach out to them, send them a templated email. I actually listened to almost every single one of those podcasts and then reached out to them individually, referenced, hey, I listened to this episode, I really liked what you had to say, uh, because all these people, speaking of, like they get a ton of emails, just mm-hmm. like companies and things like that, so uh, I can tell as a podcast now that has over 200 reviews, if somebody's never listened to my show, I'll, I randomly get emails from people wanting to come on the podcast who are like, I, I own a mortgage company uh, and I want to talk about lending, and I'm like, did you even listen? Look <laughs> did at you the, look na- the name? name of this podcast? Like, people just don't, and so mm-hmm. it's so easy to tell when somebody's being authentic and real uh, in that first initial outreach. But if you can, and you're talking about like if you're cold outreaching, if you're cold outreaching, right? If you have relationships, that's totally something different. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of statistics. I'm just going to make one up. Great. That's like we're here with the facts on here with the Entrepreneur the, the Podcast. That people need to hear the name of your book or product like 17 times before they go and buy it. I think I actually have mm-hmm. heard that somewhere. Somebody did a study at some point in time. I'm pretty sure that was in college. So who knows about the accuracy who knows? at this point? But I think in my experience, whenever I went out and bought a book, I've probably heard of it 12 times, 15, 20 times before mm-hmm. I finally caved down. Like, 
so many of my friends have went and bought this book. Finally, I just need to go pick it up and read it because I've heard about it so many times. It's got to right. be good. Right. It's like your your own validation. So even if you hop on three episodes of a podcast and when they're released, you don't see a spike in 50 book sales. It's you being everywhere for a period of time around the launch of whatever you're launching. Right. Exactly. And you can do that like what you said with this cold outreach or you can do it with people that you already know, people that you've maybe guest blogged with before or people that you've had on your own show if you have a podcast or had guest blogs on your own website and get as many of those out as possible. Get yourself in in front of as many eyes as possible. I don't feel like there's a magic number either. No, it's just as many as you're able to do because yeah. uh, you're kind of conked at the end of writing a book. <laughs> like you're just like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to write anything. So, but I mean, you have to be able to carry it to the finish line. You know, you've created this thing that's going to help a lot of people. So you want to be able to get it out there as much as possible. Well, and I think too, you you have it in your mind, like everything like builds up to launch day. And then like the day after launch, you just want to crash. And you don't want to be thinking about how you can be continuing to get the book out there because you're like, mentally done at that point just speaking from experience here so to have this plan in place that you're gonna be continuously getting these interviews and continuously getting these guest blogs like that's gonna make a big difference for your first month of sales and your first few months of sales versus just looking at just the launch yeah. you gotta We're be looking long term creating the products half the work the other half is figuring out how to get Marketing it out there into it. the world yep yes all right the last strategy I guess that we're talking about today for launching is the most important one. If you do not do this, your book will not do well. Email your list. Like those are your mega fans. Those are going to be the people that will be excited to buy your book. Those are going to be the people that will leave you amazing reviews and you need to be communicating to them throughout throughout writing the book, right? Because even though you're busy writing the book, you want to Keep your list engaged, make sure they know who you are, make sure they like you, and continue to sell your book to them, not only during launch week, but long term. I think that's probably, like, speaking of the doing the opposite of that is what you see a lot of authors. Like, if you're subscribed mm-hmm. to email lists of your favorite bloggers or people who have written books, authors, you almost sometimes see them go into black holes whenever they're writing their book, because writing a book is freaking hard. It takes mm-hmm. so much energy and time. Like, I saw you wrestle with this when you were getting your book done. And, and, and during that time, we had five guest blogs go live over the course of five on your, weeks. On our website. On our website, because I was like, I don't have the time to write, but we need to still be producing yeah. content. So I think the main thing is like, you don't want to go into a black hole because at the end of the, like when your book finally does come out, if people haven't heard from you in two months, it's like they've forgotten about, yeah. <laughs> maybe they literally haven't forgotten about you, but they haven't heard from you in a long time. And then you come out of the woodwork and you're just like, oh, you should buy this book. And I'm like, wait, I forgot I was even subscribed to your, exactly. your thing and I don't really care anymore. And so, I think that's the biggest mistake you could make Yeah, is, is, is not dark. continuing to cultivate your email list as you're writing. Yeah, it's hard and it's a challenge, but even if you need to push back a deadline for several months so you can write a little bit slower and can still not go dark, I think that's really important. And I think that's a, that's a really good point because I see so many things, you know, I've been working on this course on how to write a book and I've seen so many other courses that are like, write your book in two months, write your book in three months. That is such terrible advice. Like there's no rush. Like you need to take your time and, and do it well. And like we're saying, like continue to build up your email list and be thinking about marketing as you're even writing it. And then I saw an interesting tweet the other day about an, a really 
big author New York Times bestseller talking about how it takes him two years to write a book. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of like these two extremes like, oh, you want to write a New York Times bestselling level book, take two years to do the research and do the writing and do the editing I think you versus... Net 30, 90 days. Yeah, 90 yeah. days. I think you see the quality. I mean, yeah. you, you took almost four years of RVing before you wrote your book. Right. And while you weren't, the whole idea of living in RV for four years wasn't just so you could go write a book about it. But right. you have four years of experience in this one niche. You, you become an vertical. expert in it, yeah, right? You, you know that you know the stuff in and out. I think I've got my ten thousand hours, of as RVing. Malcolm Godwell would say, of, of RVing. I actually looked the other day at our engine hours, and I think we we definitely have at least a couple thousand engine hours where we've literally been driving it. Just just on the Winnebago. Uh, yeah, just on the. That Winnebago. should be your your next book, like how to drive. No, nope, not going to do it. Big motor it Sounds home. like the I would fall asleep writing the introduction <laughs> to that book. <laughs> Whatever you're about to say, I was I'd be falling asleep. So, but he doesn't fall asleep while driving. Just to clarify, just to right? Clarify. <laughs> Uh, so that wraps up our five-part series on digging into what Alyssa learned in the process of writing, launching, and marketing her first book. Mm-hmm. And as of the Sunday, August 5th, she actually put all of that together. That was just five episodes. She actually had over 30 different lessons that she put together in her first ever course on how to write, launch, and market your first book. I think it's actually called, the course is called Blog to Book. From Blog to Book. Yeah, but yes. if you go to heathandalyssa.com forward slash school you can learn more about that and check out our course. It comes out on Sunday. So there's a lot of really good stuff in there if you want to dive deeper into this topic. Is there anything you want to say about that? Um, thanks for having me on the show and for letting me chat with you, babe. This is fun. Appreciate it. We don't get to talk enough. Yeah, we really don't. We should hang out more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.